We are not eyewitnesses to an event as were Mary and the other disciples. We have not journeyed through a dangerous city to seek answers. We have not seen angels gathering at the rim of this day, nor have we wept in the garden this morning because we could not find him. But we are here to attest to a story that has not lost its power over the course of 21 centuries of change and conflict. We are here because those before us, they carried this story as if it were precious gold, cherished it as if it were the key to hidden wisdom and new life. It is Easter morning again, and we gather and we celebrate. For Christ the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Good morning, Stern Village, and happy Easter Sunday. I hope that all of you are well and safe in this world. All is well in my world. The Lord be with you, and let us pray. Holy One, long ago, faithful and courageous women, in their own time, proclaimed the good news of Jesus' resurrection, and the world was changed forever. Teach us to keep faith with them, that our witness may be as bold, our love as deep, and our hearts as true. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The reading today is from Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. Very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed, you are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, go and tell the other disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. I'm going to begin by saying something controversial, yet brave. The ending of Mark's gospel, his account of the Easter story is terrible. It's terrible. It feels unfinished and incomplete. There, I said it. Also, I will add, it is an unsatisfying ending. I mean, come on. Where is Jesus? 
Where is he? Where is the scene of him walking around the garden? Where is the moment of him comforting his disciples with words of assurance? Where is he? It's so unsatisfying. It's terrible. Terrible. <laughs> it is. Here's what we know about Mark's ending. Although there are later manuscripts of Mark's gospel, which have alternative endings, some adding another 11 verses to Mark's gospel account, all of the earliest manuscripts end with, so, they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Which means, this is where Mark chose to end his gospel, abruptly and silently, without a trace of Jesus. Not a trace. <laughs> now let's take seriously for a moment. Mark was not experiencing an extreme case of writer's block. Let's imagine instead Mark knew exactly what he was doing that he crafted this incomplete and unsatisfying ending by design. That he left the story hanging on this moment of silence and fear for a reason. The question then becomes, why? Why would he do it and risk so much? Maybe he knew no story about death and resurrection could possibly have a neat and tidy ending. Maybe he knew the readers of his gospel would be uncomfortable at the idea of a man coming back to life. Maybe he understood this story isn't over yet. And so he writes an open ending in order to invite others to participate in finishing the story. So maybe the answer to this unsatisfying and abrupt ending is us. Of the Easter narratives found in the four Gospels, Mark's is the only one which invites us to stand where those first witnesses stood in silence and raw emotion. The three women didn't see Jesus, neither do we. They didn't hear Jesus call their names, neither do we. They weren't invited to touch his wounds. We haven't touched his wounds either. I imagine all the women knew for certain was fear and amazement. And yet, in time, the women spoke. They shared the story. Most importantly, they shared their personal story of resurrection. Or we wouldn't be here today, and I would be a literature professor. Now, when the women did speak, whatever they said to the other disciples, we can imagine their testimony was shaped by their terror and amazement of that day.
Their testimony, however, was not absolute, dismissing all other means of understanding. But their testimony was born out of possibility, offering an invitation to those who would follow, an opportunity to tell their own story of resurrection. You must understand, resurrection isn't a conclusion defined by absolutes and guarantees. Resurrection is a beginning. Resurrection is an invitation to know life differently, with eyes of hope and abundant possibility. Further, and perhaps most importantly, resurrection is personal, which is why I believe Mark's gospel ends so abruptly and in silence. He couldn't finish the story because the story of resurrection is personal for each one of us. It arrives in the tension of what is and what can be between heartache and the possibility of new life. And in the gift of silence, we have the space to hear and to respond to the voice in the presence of God, whispering to us from the empty tomb, calling us forth from death to life. And so, in our foremother's silence and raw emotion, the disciples of the next generation are invited to speak for themselves and bring Christ's gospel into living dialogue, living action, living faith in their own lives, in their own place, and in their own time. And so, I believe, the mystery surrounding the ending of Mark's most unsatisfying gospel is you and me. The great misconception of Easter is that it is only one day. Yet we don't simply sing Alleluia today. No, we believers are to sing Alleluia every day, singing and pointing to our daily encounters with the resurrected Christ, sharing our personal stories of life overcoming death, personal stories of joy overcoming sorrow, personal stories of hope overcoming despair, personal stories of the impossible made real. And so this day, we are invited to speak to the threshold of our own faith, to the limit of words, to speak the unspeakable and unbelievable and to trust in God, in God's promises of life overcoming death, not only in Christ Jesus, but in each of our own lives as well. Christ the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. And we are invited to rise with him. And in time, we will write our own personal ending to this story, and we will inspire those who follow us. 
Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. I give thanks to God for each of you. And I pray this day you bear witness to the life and to the love of God in this world. Bear witness to the life and love of God in this world so those to whom life and love is unknown will find in you a generous and loving friend. In the name of Christ Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. I love you, stoners. Happy Easter, and I will see you soon. Bye.